the Gospel of John, chapter number 10. I want to read some verses here and uh, try to pray about the service this morning and uh, get along with the Lord and uh, felt drawn to this scripture and uh, try our best to share with you what the Lord has put on our heart. Appreciate the Sunday school hour already this morning, the good singing and uh, just the joy it is to be in the house of God. John chapter 10, when you're, if you found your place, you'd stand. If you're physically able to do so out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. If you're visiting, we welcome you. We want you to feel right at home in the service as the Lord will allow you to do so. The Gospel of John chapter 10, familiar scripture, no doubt that we'll read into your hearing this morning. This is the Lord speaking here, Gospel of John chapter 10 and verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, But they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, And I lay down my life for the sheep. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. They shall hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'd like to preach this morning, if God would help me for just a few minutes and you'd pray for me, on Christ as the shepherd. 
I thought a lot about what's written here in John chapter 10. And the Lord Himself speaking declares Himself to be the shepherd of the sheep. Now in the Scriptures, there's a lot to be said about the shepherd. There are, I believe if I studied right and Read right, there are seven individual shepherds that are mentioned in the Word of God. And the last of these, the seventh shepherd, being the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the Word of God, and I don't deal a lot with numbers or numerology, but there is some significance in studying the Word of God in numbers. Seven in the Bible is always a type of completion or perfection. And so Christ is no coincidence that He is the seventh shepherd, the last shepherd that's mentioned in the Word of God, for He is the perfect shepherd. There is no other shepherd that ever has been or ever will be as Christ our shepherd. Now, there's some things about Christ as the shepherd that you and I as his sheep need to understand. The reality is that sheep must have, it's not a, uh, it's not an option, but sheep must have a shepherd. Sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. It's an impossibility. The way sheep are designed, the way they are made, they must have a shepherd. Sheep have no natural form of defense. And so they must rely on their shepherd. But sheep have no way to protect their self. Their only way in doing so, their natural, their nature is, when danger comes, they run. That's the way they're wired. That's why the Lord spoke about the hireling. He said, when the hireling seeth the wolf cometh, he fleeth. And the wolf scattereth the sheep. That is their natural instinct is to scatter and flee. Often in the word of God when the Lord spoke about his people in the Old Testament in the days of their rebellion, he mentioned them as being sheep without a shepherd. And what he meant by that is they all scattered and went their own way. And that's what a sheep will do without the shepherd. And so we're in days today that many people that claim to be a child of God and claim to be saved, it appears to me, and I didn't really realize what all that I was saying this morning, how it would tie in before the preaching, but I'm telling you the reason many people are going their own way and doing their own thing is that it's an apparent fact that they are not his sheep and he is not their shepherd. Lord always watches over his sheep. And so the Lord here in the scripture is declared in other places. This is not the only place in the word of God where the Lord is mentioned or made to be a shepherd. He is declared to be a shepherd. Psalm 23, probably one of the most well-known chapters in all the word of God. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. 
And so the Lord's declared to be the shepherd. First Peter chapter two and verse 25, I think it is, Peter speaks about us being astray, being away from God, but that he has brought us unto the shepherd and the bishop of our souls, Jesus Christ. So he's declared all through the scripture to be the shepherd. But then he's described in the scripture. It's not just that me, and it would be enough for me this morning to have to preach on by the help of God if he was just declared. If the Bible had just said it to be so one time, that would be enough for us to know that he is the shepherd. He is declared to be the shepherd, but the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible describes him as the shepherd. There are some adjectives, some descriptive words that the Word of God adds to His title of shepherd. He's not just any shepherd, but here in the text, in our context, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And so that's what he is. He's the not just the shepherd, he's the good shepherd. Now that word good speaks of his ability. That he is able to be our shepherd. He has no fault in him. He has no hindrances. He has no setbacks. He has no obstacles that he has to overcome. He's just the good shepherd. And in the Word of God, when he speaks about... Now, there are three descriptive terms. And I'm just trying to preach. I've had so much. I feel like Brother Tim this morning. My mind is in a million directions. There's so much about this thing of him being the shepherd that I've pondered on the Lord's put on my heart so I'm just going to try to preach it as the Lord gives it to me this morning if you'll pray for me but there are three descriptive terms that is applied to the term shepherd in the word of God when it applies to Christ and all three of them speak of specific areas and they all are related to specific works that Christ does or has done for the sheep And so here in the scriptures, he said, I'm the good shepherd. And that speaks of his ability, his capability. He is capable of taking care of his sheep. And when he speaks about being the good shepherd, he speaks about his redemptive work and the fact that he is going to give his life for his sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. And he said, I am the good shepherd. And so because I'm the good shepherd, I'm going to give my life in order that my sheep may have their life. And so he said, I'm the good shepherd. And that speaks of his redemptive work. But then the Bible speaks about him being the great shepherd. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 20, I believe it is, it speaks about the great shepherd and it speaks about his resurrection. That he rose from the dead. Now the word great means that he's superior. That he has higher authority than anybody else. It actually speaks to the fact that he is capable of doing things beyond creature or creation's ability. And so it was the resurrection that proved he was capable of doing beyond nature's ability in the fact that he got up 
from the dead. The Bible said it was not possible that he should be holding the dead. Why is that? Because the strength of sin is the law and the power of, death, of sin is dead. And so therefore, because he had not broken the law, there was no sin in him. Then death could not hold him. And he arose. He said in this scripture, matter of fact, just the next two verses down, he said, I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it again. And he did and he proved himself to be the great shepherd that's capable of doing above and beyond everything that you and I could even think or ask according to the word of God. That is right. That's what the Bible said. Now unto him who is the him, it's the great shepherd who's able to exceed and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is his power that worketh in us. That is right. There is a power according to scriptures. If I read my Bible right, there is a power that's at work in everyone. There either is the power of God that is at work in the children of God or the Bible speaks about the spirit of disobedience, that power that doth now work in the children of disobedience. And so there is a power at work in every one of us. That's why salvation is a supernatural thing. It's, there's more to it than just coming to the altar. There's more to it than just some tears. There's more to it than just some words. There's more to it than just a prayer. But it is a supernatural work where the Bible says we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness and we're put into the kingdom of his son of that power that is at work of that power of the evil one of that power of wickedness is removed out of power out of the throne of our heart and God's power moves in and he bursts us in the family it's a thing that we cannot do within ourselves but we live in a day where salvation is dumbed down and I understand, I want you to hear me this morning. The Bible speaks that there is simplicity in Christ. I think we falter, and it's been said in the Sunday school hour, that there's a ditch on both sides of everything. And there are some people that falter at the fact that they make salvation so complicated by all their rules and their regulations. And in reality, salvation's not complicated because we ain't the one that's doing it. God's the one that's doing it. And if you take it out of God's hand, it becomes complicated. But if you leave it in the hand of God, it stays simple because God can do it. But then there's some on the other side that dumb salvation down to nothing more other than just to walk down the aisle and a few words you say and I want you to agree a set of verses and read all the prayer and repeat after me and that you won't find that anywhere in hearing the word of God I don't find anywhere where Paul said do you believe this verse I don't find it and Paul was the one that wrote it under the inspiration of God but Paul never did read them about Ephesians 2 and he never did read them Romans 10 it's in the Bible I understand that it's there for our instruction but salvation is a word a supernatural word of God and it takes a great shepherd in order to do that work and so he is the great shepherd he's described as such the good shepherd in his redemptive work the great shepherd in his resurrection but then Peter called him the chief shepherd and in the chief shepherd it speaks of his return that he's coming back. And the word chief just means he's the head. He's above it all. He's in charge.
charge. He's in control. And that is right. He is the head of the church. He is in control of the church. It's not my church. And I understand I'm not going to fall out with you. I say it. This is my praise. Thank God for it. But the church belongs to Christ. It don't belong to some preacher. It don't belong to some denomination. It don't belong to some man or some association. It belongs to Christ. He loved the church and he gave himself for the church. And he's the head. He's the chief. He is the supreme authority. He's the one we answer to. And he's the one coming after us one day. See, the reality is here in the Scripture, Christ spoke about Him being the shepherd and He spoke about the porter. He said to Him, that is the shepherd, the porter won't open to the stranger. The porter won't open to the hireling. The porter won't open to the thief. But he said to him, to the shepherd, the porter openeth. Now if you study the Bible and study in their traditions and in the customs of this land, there would be a sheepfold. It would be a structure, a walled structure. And when the shepherd had to go away for the night, he would entrust his sheep to a man who was called a porter. And the porter would stand outside and guard the entrance to the sheepfold. He would open the door. There would only be one entrance and he would put the sheep inside the sheepfold and shut the door and stand guard. And only he who the porter knew would gain access to the sheep. And the porter in the word of God is a type of the Holy Ghost. He is the companion of the shepherd. That's what Christ said. He said, I'm going away. But he said, I'll not leave you comfortable but I'll send another just like me. Matter of fact, he told the disciples when they were so frightened and so upset by his going away, he said it's expedient for you. That word expedient means it's a benefit to you that I go away. For he said if I go not away, the comforter will not come. And he said you need him. He's the porter. He's the one that will watch over you in my absence. That's what he does. He said to the shepherd only will the porter open. Now Christ spoke about some climbing up some other way to gain access into the sheepfold, but they'll never get in. You can't get in anyway. There's just one door. And the reason in the Old Testament or in these times that there was only one door is for the security of the sheep so that while the porter man's one door, if there was a second door, somebody could sneak in, but there wasn't but one door and the porter stood guard and the porter's the only one that could open the door and allow somebody in. That kind of sounds like God's in control of salvation, don't it? That if we're going to get in the fold and be one of his flock, it'll take the Holy Ghost in conviction to open the door and allow us to get in. That's right. And there's security inside that place. There's security from the wolves. There's security from the predators. There's security from the thieves. There are thieves in this day. There are robbers. And the Lord said the only wish is to kill and to steal and to destroy. And there's a lot of them out there 
that thank God I'm in the fold and I'm safe in the fold and it ain't because of who I am. It ain't because I'm some big sheep but it's because my shepherd put me in the fold and set the porter at the door and he's taken care of me. Somebody wrote the song, My Lord's Taking Good Care of Me. And I'm glad He is. And He does so because He's my shepherd. See, He's not just declared. And He's not just described. Although we could preach on those and probably preach the rest of the day and never get it covered. But I'm glad Christ goes deeper than that. It's not just something we read and believe. It's not just a declared or described thing. But He demonstrates to us that He is our shepherd. Thank God. Yeah. He demonstrates it. You say, how does he do that? Well, I done got off on one, kind of got the cart before the horse, but I'm just trying to preach as it comes to me. But his credentials, that's what come to my heart. I thought, Lord, what are you talking about his credentials? Well, the Bible said to him, not to the stranger, not to the thief, not to the hireling, not to anybody else, but to him, the shepherd of the porter opener. He has credentials that he's capable of taking care of the sheep. He has the ability. He has the authority. And he demonstrates that to us. We sung that song by no coincidence this morning. He abides. Hallelujah. He abides with me. You say, what is that preacher? That's the Lord's credentials. That's the credentials He's demonstrating to us that He is our shepherd. For the porter abides with us. He's watching over us. He's the caring for us. And matter of fact, if you read the Scripture, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm not being irreverent. I understand that the Holy Ghost is as much a part of the Godhead as the Father and the Son. But Jesus Christ said the Holy Ghost has got one job, and that is to testify of me. And so what that tells me is that while them sheep in the middle of the night, now I'll tell you something about sheep. They get a, I, I've got some. And it's hard for me not to just preach by my experience with sheep and sometimes that's a good thing. But I'm trying to let the Lord lead me this morning. But I'm going to tell you sheep get disturbed in the night worse than any other time. And the reason they get disturbed in the night is they can't see well in the night. Sheep don't see real well in the day, but they really can't see good in the night. And so if there's a sound, or there's some strange odor, or there's some strange thing that comes through the field in the night, their only way, their own, their natural work in them, what they're wired to do, is they cry out. I can tell you when something's wrong. I'm not bragging or boasting. I'm trying to preach because the Lord's putting it on my heart to relate it. But I can tell you when something's wrong with my sheep. They cry out at certain times of the day because it's feeding time. But there are sometimes we come in the other night from church and it was dark and there's a crying out. I said, Corey, what's the matter with them? Did you give them? I've been busy and on Wednesday nights when I work at the garage and I'm not complaining, but it's just come home, run through the shower and back out the door. And so Corey has to take care of them sometimes. I said, did you give them hay? She said, I did. I said, did you give them water? She said, I did. I said, well, something's wrong. We got to 
I'd figure out what it is and I went up there and the water top been turned over and there wasn't nothing in it and I wanted some water. He said, what was it doing? They had no ability to put water in the bowl. They had no ability to put hay in the feeder. Only thing they could do was cry out to the one that could take care of their problem. Now I'm going to tell you why we're in such a mess in the church world today. Is we as sheep are trying to put the feet in the trough and we as sheep are trying to put water in the bucket and we as sheep are trying to go to somebody else's pasture and glean and gather. We're trying to go somewhere else and it looks greener up the road or down the road to eat and the Lord is our good shepherd, our great shepherd, our chief shepherd and he knows where we are and why we're there. He knows there's something wrong with the pasture down the road and something wrong with the pasture up the road He's got us where we need to be. We ought to stay there. And when something goes wrong, cry out to Him. Let Him fix it. Now if you were to come, I'm going to preach this morning. I'll be done in just a minute. If you were to come to my house today and look at my sheep and look at where they are, you probably would have a bunch of questions pop up in your mind. See, my sheep are out in the barn. And they're in what we call a dry lot. There's a portion of ground that has no grass whatsoever in it. And here we are in the middle of July, toward the end of July. And the pastor's below them. And the pastor across the driveway from them where they eat and where it's fenced in. And the one adjacent to their lot, the grass is about that high. But yet they're in the dry lot. Now you may say, looking on the outside, why in the world would he put his sheep in the dry lot and take the time and spend the money to feed them hay when the grass is that high in the field next door in the field across the road. But you would not know that just a few weeks ago because of the humidity and the conditions of the atmosphere the worm cycle became too bad for them to cope with and the only way to fix it is to take them off the grass and to put them on a dry lot. And so I'm looking out for them. I have their best interest in mind even though when I come to the bottom gate they all come running and crying and they holler and they holler and what they want is in the pasture and in the grass. Now if I didn't care about them, I'd just open up the gate and say have at it and let the best come. But I'm going to tell you I do care and so I have the gate shut and I'm not letting them have what they want. Now we got to apply that spiritually and it's hard to do. When we look around and say Lord why ain't I in that pasture? Why ain't I over there? Why ain't I belly deep in that field? The Lord knows what's best. And we may have some problems and some situations. And He's got us where we are to fix our problem because He has our best interest in mind. Oh yeah, He's capable. He's demonstrating through His care that He is our shepherd. See here in the Scripture, the Lord said He leadeth them out. He puts his sheep forth and he leadeth them. He don't let them go where they want to go. He takes them where they need to be. And that's how he demonstrates to us that he is our shepherd. He don't let us go. I mean, here I am right back on what I was on before I even preached this morning, not even knowing that I was going to be there. If he didn't care about you, he'd let you do whatever you want to do. But he's your shepherd and he ain't going to let you go anywhere you want to go. He's going to have you exactly where you need to be. And when we decide, now I've had a few. I'm not preaching about getting out of grace or losing your salvation. I'm talking about practical things here, not positional truths, but practical truths. I've had some sheep decide they knew better than I did. 
and I have all the barricades there. I got the wood fence built, and then I got electric wires in between the wood fences. But I got some, and now you hear me, hear me this morning. It's always the little ones that want to test the fence. Are you hearing me? It's always them that ain't been on the ground very long. And they can't understand why the shepherd won't let them out in that grass. And so they're going to bust through. And I'm going to tell you some of you this morning uh, that maybe you've just been saved a few months or a year or two or maybe not very long at all, not been through a lot of experience. Uh, The devil will get on you and he'll go to whispering in your ear, well, the shepherd really didn't care about you. He'd open the gate and let you over here. And he'd start getting you to look at that grass, how green it is. And I'm going to tell you something. You hear me this morning. Uh, The reason why it's in sheep to want to be in the grass is you can't grow a sheep in anywhere but in the grass like you can in the grass. You can feed them grain. You can feed them alfalfa. You can feed them the best hay. But they will not grow. Lambs will not grow in grass any better than they will on grass. And so it's ingrained in them to want to be in the grass. And so I have to provide for them and take care of them and prove to them that because I love them and because I want the best for them, I'm not letting them in the grass right now. How many times do you and I overlook the provision of God, the protection of God, the blessings of God, the goodness of God, and Him proving? He doesn't owe us anything. But He demonstrates to us that He is our shepherd. And we overlook all of that because we're too busy eyeing the grass that's next door and the Lord knows we can't get out there. It'll be detrimental to our health. Oh yeah. See, that's why he's the good shepherd and the great shepherd and the chief shepherd because he can see things over yonder that you and I can't see. Here's the difference. One of the differences, there are many. Here's the big difference between him as shepherd and me as a practical shepherd is that I have to treat the consequences It's hard for me to prevent certain things because I don't know they're there. I just have to treat the consequences and prevent it hopefully from getting any worse. The Lord can take care of it before it ever comes. The Lord can prevent the trouble before it ever comes. And the reason many of us have so much trouble, and I say us, myself included, is we get to thinking the Lord don't care. He's not providing. He ought to be doing more. Or we ought to be in another pasture. Or we ought to be in better grass. And we jump the fence or break through the barriers. And we get out there and we mess up. And we find out in the end the Lord really did know what He was doing. But we have to find out after the trouble comes and after the consequences start that the Lord really did know what He was doing. And see, that's why the Lord here in the Scripture, we could talk about so many other things. We could talk about how He demonstrates His love, how He demonstrates His care, how He demonstrates His provision, His protection, all them things. But here in the Scriptures, He draws a comparison with Himself and three others to show to us 
what he is as our shepherd. And I'm done this morning. The first one is the stranger. He said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. He emphasizes, now he's going to talk about three people. And I'm done this morning when I give you this, I think. He's going to talk about three people and he's going to emphasize something of each of them. And he talks about the stranger and his words. He said, my sheep know not the voice of the stranger. Does not mean that the voice does not come in the ear. Does not mean that the sheep doesn't hear what the stranger is saying. But the stranger's voice does not resonate with the sheep like the shepherd's voice does. I have seen this firsthand. That other folks can holler at my sheep, can call to my sheep, and they they do hear them. Sheep are very well at hearing. They do hear them. I want you to hear me this morning. Though they hear them, it does not move them. But when they hear my voice, it moves them. I have some sheep in a pasture at my grandmother's place where I grew up. And the other day at work, I had to, we had worked on a car and done some mechanical work in the repair process. And so we try to drive them, pull heels and all of that. And so I thought, well, I'm going to, I need to check on them anyway. I'm going to drive up by there. And I, I didn't stop. I didn't pull in. I went up the road, passed them, didn't see them, turned around and come back down. There was no traffic. So I stopped in the middle of the road and rolled the windows down and I hollered out the window. And all of a sudden, four heads poked up and they started calling back. You say, what happened? They heard the shepherd's voice. And I'm going to tell you, there's something, if you are saved, there's something about his voice that will do things for you that nobody else's voice will. It doesn't mean that at times we won't get where we ought not to be or or do things we ought not to do or maybe even be persuaded by other people. Paul said there are so many kinds of voices. That's what he told of the church at Corinth. So many in the world. And sometimes all of their voices, all the things going around us, if we're not careful, we'll let all of that drown out His voice. But if we ever get our ears in tune to hear His voice. I don't know what it is about the shepherd's voice as far as physically. I don't know what it is. I guess the reality is they've just heard it for so long. That's why it's important. You hear me this morning. So many things are coming to my heart. That's why it's important that you parents have your children in church from the beginning. It's so they get a cut. I'm not talking about my voice. I'm talking about His voice. Where they get accustomed to hearing His voice. Even the little ones respond. Now I've got some that are about four months old and they're used to hearing my voice. Yes. 
He said, a stranger they won't follow. They don't listen. They don't heed his words. Thank God. He doesn't give. You know why we don't have any trouble understanding him? It's because Paul said, some of them, some of these voices in the world, he said they give uncertain sound. But I'm going to tell you, if he ever speaks, you won't. He don't give any uncertain sounds. There's no doubt. There's no question as to who he is. When he spoke out on the sea, when the disciples were in the storm, he said, be of good cheer, it's high. Be not afraid. They didn't once question who it was on the sea. They knew him by his voice. When he spoke to Mary in the garden and called her name, she immediately knew why nobody had ever called her name like he had. And so the stranger's words are not like the shepherd's words. Then he talks about the thief and what the thief wants. He said the thief wants to kill to steal, and to destroy. He said, but the shepherd wants to give his sheep life and then give them life more abundantly. Ain't that amazing? After what we just heard in the Sunday school hour now, there's a comma. Those things are separated. Life is salvation. Then there is a more abundant life that can only come from the shepherd. And the only way to have an abundant life is to spend more time with the shepherd. See, that more abundant life when it comes to sheep, if we're going to put it in practical terms, the reality is the ones that stay the closest to the shepherds are the ones that get handled the most, are the ones that get spoke to the most, are the ones that get fed the most, are the ones that trust and love the shepherd enough how to stay as close to him as they possibly can. I care for all my sheep. Naturally, I care for all of them. But there are a few. There are a few when I walk in the pasture, they're at my side. And they're always the one that get rubbed on. They're always the ones that get spoke to. They're always the ones that get a little extra feed at feed time. You say, why? Because they're there first when the feed's put up. They know, they associate me with everything good in their life. And would to God, that's what Brother Tim was trying to get across to us this morning about the abundant life is that we associate everything good in our life is directly related with our relationship with Him. Not that we get close to Him so our bank account can be full. Not that we get close to Him so our health problems will vanish. But despite all of that, despite there being no money in the bank, despite there being health problems, despite that we're in the storm, we're beside Him and nothing else matters. Because He has His hands on us and He's speaking to us. You probably think I'm crazy. You can just think I'm crazy if you want to. But I got some that are so close to me that I'll sit down in the field and hug them around the neck and tell them how pretty they are and tell them how good they're doing. You say, preacher, that's crazy. It may be, but I'm glad for some times that the shepherd sat down in my field and got me around the neck and told me how pretty I was and how much he cared about me and it wasn't because of who I am. That's because of who he is. 
His wants are not the wants of the thief. The thief wants to destroy and the shepherd wants to give abundant life. If we could get it in our mind, in our heart, that the shepherd wants for us more than we want for ourselves. Ain't that amazing? To think of the selfishness of the flesh. But see, the flesh only wants what the flesh wants. And what the flesh wants is temporal and it will run out. Have all the money in the bank you want to, but what happens when the money runs out? Have the best health you want to. What happens when the health is gone? The shepherd wants more for you. See, the shepherd knows the spiritual things, the eternal things that we can rejoice in when there is no money, when there is no health, when all the world's crumbling around us. But yet beside our shepherd we stand. Yet at that fountain we sit. Yet from His supply we drink. Yet from His wagon He loads up with benefits, not temporal things. Thank God for them. But I'm talking about things far beyond the temporal things of this life. He wants for us life and more abundantly. Then he talks about the hireling and I'm done. And I want you to hear me this morning. This ought to rejoice our heart. He talks about the hireling when he talks about when he talked about the stranger he talked about his words. When he talked about the thief he talked about his wants. But when he talks about the hireling he talks about his ways. He said the hireling when he seeth the wolf coming he leaveth the sheep. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. Now listen to me. Jesus gives a real deep definition here. I don't don't mean that because it's going to sound like it ain't deep and I'm not meaning that comically. We better get it. Jesus says, the hireling fleeth because he is a hireling. He said that is his way. All the hireling cares about is his self. And when everything's going good with him, he'll hang around the sheep. But when trouble comes, the hireling flees and leaveth the sheep to themselves. But he said, not the good shepherd. Thank God. What kind of life would we have if the shepherd only stuck around in the good times? Where would we find ourselves? How bad would it be if when trouble come, the shepherd said, oh, sorry, got to go. I'll be back when you get yourself straightened out. I'll be back when money comes back. I'll be back when your health is better. That's what the hireling does. But he said the good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. He'll stay through thick and thin. There'll be no trouble, no predator, no enemy, no obstacle that the good shepherd cannot and will not overcome for his sheep. The ways of the hireling is to put the hireling before the sheep. The ways of the shepherd is to put the sheep before the shepherd. You want me to tell you why people say, and I understand the language, I understand the thinking, I understand the mentality, I've probably said it myself. But people say, I don't understand why that the Lord would die for me. I don't understand why that the Lord takes, I understand what they're saying, but here's the reason why He loves His sheep more than He loves Himself. And so he says, 
Let the wolves howl. He says, let the lions come. Let the bears come. He said, I'll protect my sheep through it all. And guess what? We have a shepherd that's never been overcome by any wolf or any bear or any lion or any obstacle. He's never been caught unaware. He's able to take care of it all. Because he's the good shepherd and the great shepherd and the chief shepherd. And so he's able to overcome every obstacle, every trouble, every situation. And his ways are not the hireling's ways. Thank God. But when trouble comes, ain't that what the writer said? I know my Lord is going to stand by me. When the way's dark and I cannot see, I know my Lord is going to stand by me. I don't know if it's meant anything or done anything for you this morning. But it's rejoice my heart again and I understand who my shepherd is and that he's taking good care of me. I have any complaints. No complaints about him and his care this morning. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you. I could say, sure, I have questions. Sure, I have doubts. Sure, I don't understand. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I understand everything God's doing. But I know he has my best interest in mind. The writer of the song, and if you ain't figured it out yet, I talk a lot about songs. The writer of the song said something like this, I can't comprehend right now what God's doing. He said, but all I know is I can't make it, Lord, without you. I don't understand what all God's doing. They said, I won't just pretend I have all the answers of the heavy burdens, the reason for this trial, this dark valley I walked through. They said, I don't understand it, but I do understand one thing. I can't make it without you, Lord. And I don't understand my dry seasons. I don't understand why I'm on dry lots sometimes. I don't understand why I am where I am sometimes, but I know one thing, I can't make it without Him. And so if I can't make it without Him, looks like I'll just stick with Him. How about you? He promised He'd take care of us through it all. Through it all. I'm glad to have the shepherd. I'm glad to be one of His sheep. Father, I thank You, Lord, this morning for this privilege and time together. What a blessing, Lord, that it's been to be in Your hands.